Can you say amen? Can you take your seat? <laughs> someone said, I don't know. I believe when true revival breaks out, there'll be no chairs. Come on, someone say amen. I'll see y'all didn't believe it. I said, when true revival breaks out, there'll be no need for chairs. Come on, somebody. When I go to India, most commonly, we don't have chairs. Amen. We just stay to sit and pack as much of the front to the back, side to side as they can. Amen. Praise God. If you just do me a favor and when you get one of those prayer cards, just put it somewhere in your Bible where you probably, maybe it could be your, your marker if you're reading through your Bible. Amen. Okay, so only five of y'all are reading through the Bible. All right, well. Them five, when y'all are reading through the Bible, just put it right in there and you just open it up. And every time you open it up, you can pray for me, okay? I appreciate it. Um, just in case you want to stay in contact, you want to uh, just share some testimonies of how the Lord has blessed you um, over the weekend so I can be encouraged, so I can encourage my wife and those that are already a, a part of our, our ministry. You just If you Facebook, look for White Tyrone on Facebook and I'll hit you up as my friend, all right? White Tyrone, that's right. The girl, she had to call it out loud. Like, she, I, Yeah, okay. W what is it? Uh, Blanco Tyrone. <laughs> Amen? No, it's White Tyrone. Just kidding. But uh, you know what, man? Can we just be like okay up in here? Amen? You know, Lily, I, I, I was going to have you testify, but would you mind, because for the sake of time, I just want to get into the flow of the message. Could I just share what you shared with me yesterday? You know, we were at the camp yesterday, and uh, I say this to give God glory. There are several of you who came up to me and told me I had a vision for the first time, and then later on during the day or sometime uh, uh, today, God clarified visions that people had for the first time. I'm telling you, that's what we, we preach. This is how it goes. You read, pray about it, and ask God to do it in your life. And then you get up, you preach about it, and God does it in other people's lives. And then they stand up and say what God did for them. Amen? This dear sister, uh, the Lord uh, directed me yesterday to have everybody stop what they were doing and just stay where they were. And the Lord was about to give people supernatural visions. They were going to see uh, images and pictures and sometimes words and faces of people. And, I mean, there are several people that had that. And uh, one that I would like to share tonight is our dear sister Lily. The Lord uh, was really pressing upon my heart after all that had taken place to talk about her planning a church. And, see, I was struggling with that because I know one thing, Pastor Joe will tell you, any time a man of God stands up and he begins to say something about your life or about a church, believe me, that is when the battle is going to get heavy. What did I say this morning? That immediately when the seed was sown, the fowl of the air comes to steal the seed. Immediately. And whenever a prophetic word, I'm going to tell you this, if you, don't, if you believe that God has called you in the ministry, you are going to receive words from God. You're going to receive them through other people. You're going to receive them directly from God. When you stand up and you testify, or when a man of God stands up and proclaims a word over your life, get ready to fight discouragement. Over the same word, he battles you in the place where God is, where you're finding revelation. Can you say amen? amen. Am I, I mean, can, can y'all stay with me tonight? Can I just flow here tonight? Is it okay? I, already, I, I, I have a word of knowledge and I don't have anything to go with it. Maybe the Lord will give it to me later. So the Lord tells me to tell somebody in here, stop getting robbed on the Jericho Road. It's all I have for you right now. And if the, if the Lord 
he put something on that, I'm going to put it on you, okay? But listen to me. Someone in here, and, and I mean, I've been hearing it since I was back there. I'm just trying to push it off. But here, you know, as a man, I'm going to tell you the truth. Sometimes you want to explain everything for the Lord, but you don't have to. God is big enough to get his own back. Come on, somebody. And so whoever's getting robbed, stop, God says, stop getting robbed on the Jericho Road. Someone you're going to get in your Bible, you're going to find out what God's saying to you. Anyway, back to my dear sister. So anyway, she's there on the floor, and then the Lord is just touching her life tremendously. I stand up. I say that the Lord is calling you to not only pastor, but to be a church planter. And then Holy Ghost breaks out on the girl. It wasn't until later on in the day when she came up to me and shared with me that while she was on the floor, and forgive me, I believe I, I, believe I have all of it correct, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but she was there on the floor, and she saw herself, when I was talking about having a vision, here comes a vision from God, she saw herself preaching with a microphone, standing behind a pulpit, preaching. Then she saw herself in a small church. Then she saw herself in a large church. And the minute she saw that, she said, God, you've got to give me a word, because this ain't enough, because I, I don't want to be making this up. And immediately when she said that, just coming out of my mouth was the same thing I told you. See, I didn't get down there and go, go by behind her, beside her head and say, Lily, what you just see? Because when you tell me what you just see, what I'm going to do is I'm going to get up there and I'm going to tell everybody what you just saw and then pretend like God told me what you said. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's how real our God is. I gave a word about a fitting room. That somebody will be praying in a fitting room and God's glory is going to touch you there. Little did I know. Hallelujah, high five. This girl right here works in a, in a store, and you know what her, where her prayer closet is in that store? The fitting room. I'm trying to build your faith tonight because you know what? God ain't going to just do it for white Tyrone. God wants to do it with you. Last time I checked, I didn't bring revival in this bag right here. Hello? Revival was already here when I came. Because revival is inside of your heart, busting, trying, dying, gasping for breath to get out. Get out of your mouth, get out of your hands, get out of your feet, and get out into this world and begin to do the signs and wonders that this book promised us we can do. You, you know the first thing I told you, God is not a respecter of persons. Don't stop crying, let it come, girl, because there's an anointing on your life and you need to be broken for God. Don't be ashamed to cry, let it go, girl. Listen to me. This is the time that you raise up and become the men and women of God that you're called to be. God, listen to me. I didn't grow up in the church. I didn't know all this stuff was even for me. So guess what? I wasn't coming in this thing. My mommy and daddy spoke in tongues, so now it's my turn to speak in tongues. No. Praise God, I wished I had. It saved me a lot of sin in my life and a lot of hell and torment. But because I didn't, God just chooses to use me differently. But guess what? I said it on the first night. God is not a respecter of persons. He's an inspector of persons. And he's trying to inspect your life tonight. And he's saying, is there anybody that believes what I've written? I don't care if you've ever seen it. I don't care if you've ever heard about it. I don't care if you even believe it. But do you believe what I've written in this book is true? And he's saying, that one is the one I'm going to use. John the Baptist was a non-establishment figure. He didn't wear the dress of their day. He didn't have a fine coat. He wore a leather belt and a camel skin coat. 
He didn't eat their food. He ate wild uh, locusts and honey. Come on, somebody. And he didn't graduate from the schools of Jerusalem's theology. He graduated somewhere in the wilderness crying out, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. And whatever he had made people turn aside from wherever they were going and go all the way out to the Jordan River to find out what this dude was talking about. Because he is talking about something that nobody else is talking about. And he's very persuasive. When he talks, something happens to me. Something, I feel a fire come on me. I feel a bump come on me. Something is real about what he's saying. That's how you know when you come into places, when men of God stand to preach, I want you to know that you're just seeing end results of hours of, and days and years and months of just blood, sweat, and tears saying, God, of them doing the wrong thing, going and repenting back to God and saying, God, help me do the right thing. You think because you make a mistake that God doesn't want to use you. God wants to use you as long as you keep your heart right. And you go to God and say, Lord, I made a mistake. And what I mean is not a sin mistake. Hello, somebody. I'm not talking about moral failures. Those right there, you can just disqualify you from the kingdom. But I'm talking about you made a mistake. You made a mistake and you tried to pray for somebody and you were a, a, a prophet lying. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about. You were really trying to work it out because you love the person. You want to see something good happen there, but it wasn't really God. Just say, God, you know what? And go back to that person. You know what? I love you. I was just trying to pray for you. See, people get off in the air when they have to make the, they have to make it happen. I don't make anything happen. If God doesn't give me a word of knowledge, should I, I don't care. Because I love him, and I, it's enough. I have done what God has called me to do in this city already. I submitted to his will. I only found out on Tuesday or actually Monday night that I was coming here. And I'm thankful for each opportunity that you have given me to pour into your lives. You've opened up your heart to God through a man. I'm a man. I'm a man. I'm a man. I'm a nobody telling everybody about somebody who can save anybody. I'm a man. I'm a man. I'm a man. I'm a man that took crack. I'm a man that sold drugs. I'm a man that shot guns. I'm a man that slapped women. I'm a man that was redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And all those things have been wiped away. So don't keep yourself in bondage by your past and what you've done in your past. Know that God is able to forgive you. It's been a long journey and I've had a lot to come up from under, but still, He has loved me and He has seen me in my weakness, yet He has still loved me. He loves you even in your weakness. He loves you. You came here tonight. I don't care if this is your church or not. You came here to hear from God, and this is the message he's given you. Stop getting robbed on the Jericho Road. Religious men have passed you by and looked on your condition. Some religious men weren't even willing to even look on your condition. But the despised... The foolish, the one that doesn't look like they can help you, stops for you and pours in the oil and the wine. A man who was rejected at one minute old is here to pour in the oil and the wine. A church that has gone through its, uh, its, its hills and valleys, has gone through its bumps, is here to pour in the oil and the wine. Somewhere here on the backside of Chicago, they don't see it on channel 10 or whatever channel that they got up here. They don't hear it on the radio, but still, there's a church that doesn't despise you, but they come 
And they're here to pour in the oil and the wine. And the Spirit of the living God is here tonight to touch people, to heal people, to fill people with His Holy Spirit, to make people get free from sin in their life, to make people better than they were before so they can be of more use for the kingdom. That is our goal tonight. Amen? Ma'am, I'm going to pray for you in a few minutes to get healed tonight. Amen? Praise God. Turn your Bible to John chapter 15. I have been going to India. I have just come back from my ninth trip to India. We just built a church in the middle of no church land. There is no church for 50 kilometers. No gospel church, no Catholic church, no no Christian representation where I am. And I want to thank God for bringing me not only to India, but bringing me back to a good friend of mine who, you know, through time, sometimes you lose track of people, but God knows how to bring people back together. Amen. And I thank God for your pastor. I believe that God has given him a burning desire to reach nations, but also to reach you, the individual. Amen. And so if you are here tonight and you're blessed of God, I want you to continue to pray for this man, whether this is your church or not. Pray for this church. Amen. And we thank God for it. Come on. Let's go to, again, John chapter 15. And I'm going to start in verse 26. But when the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. And you, say you, say me. Okay then. And you also will bear witness because you, say you, say me. Okay then. And you will bear witness because you have been with me. Say me. Say Jesus. Okay then. We're getting it all straight now, right? We're talking about you, me, and the he. The he is the helper. Come on, somebody. Say you, me, and the he. I didn't say the it's. I didn't say the something. I said the he. When the helper has come, he. Hallelujah. That was in tongues. That was just me saying he, and then hallelujah. Okay, then. Let's look at verse, excuse me, chapter 16. And let's look in verse 7, and we'll go from there. I'm reading again from the New King James. I didn't mention that in the beginning, but here's where I'm, I'm reading from. New King James, John chapter 16, verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Of sin because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. And of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. Verse 12. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, and he will take of what is mine and will declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. Father, in your holy name, God, we come to you. And Lord, I need you. I need you, Lord. I need you to move through my life tonight. 
Father God, allow flesh and every soulish thing to get out of the way that you may flow through the vessel tonight, Lord God. Father God, I ask you, Lord God, that there be nothing in here that we doubt, Father God, that comes from you, Lord God. We ask you, Lord God, there be nothing that we lack tonight, Lord God, that comes from you, Lord God. But Lord, that we do want your greatest desire in this place. We want your greatest desire in this place, and we pray for it to come, to manifest, and to take hold in our lives, Lord. We bless you, and we thank you in Jesus' precious name. Can you say amen? Amen. Now, the word helper comes up several times in that uh, portion of Scripture that I read. So we'll just keep that on the back burner. Remember who we're talking about. The helper is who? The Holy Spirit. Say the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit and the Helper are just another word for the Holy Spirit, okay? The Holy, excuse me, the Helper and the Holy Spirit are interchangeable in these passages of Scripture, okay? Also, the Spirit of Truth is another uh, uh, title that we see in this passage of Scripture. So we're going to see when we're talking about the Holy Spirit, He's going to also address Him as a person. Because guess what? The Holy Spirit is not an it. You don't get it when you get filled with the Holy Ghost. Hello? He comes as a helper. He comes. The word actually is Alon and Paraclete that are used in these passages. And they are one that walks alongside or another of the same kind. Can you imagine that? The Holy Spirit, Jesus, here he is on his last discourse. Now let's set that scene up for you. He has just gone through his last supper. And he's there and he's saying to these people, that these are some words I've got to tell you. If, if you knew that these were the last hours probably of your life on the earth and you were going to go away and you were going to sacrifice your life, you probably want to leave some pretty important instructions, wouldn't you? You want to make sure that things are all taken care of in case that, that you didn't get a chance to get things done before you needed to get them done. You want to make sure that they all knew that and make sure that you take out the dog and don't leave the trash in there because if you leave it in there, it's going to stink. Right? If you're leaving somewhere, you're giving instructions for the people who are going to take care of your stuff. Hello? So Jesus is saying, I'm giving you some instructions and I'm going to be gone for a little bit and I need you to take care of my stuff. I need you to be about my father's business while I'm over here in another country called heaven. And so we see that he sets us up for a blessed instruction partay. Amen? And what he says in verse 7 is so profound. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, as though Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life, had to tell us the truth. But because he is so emphatic about these next statements, he wants to draw your attention. When he said, verily, verily, he was saying, get ready, I'm getting ready to tell you a real important truth. Amen? So what does he back up by his, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, What does he come out to say? It is to your advantage or it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I don't go away, the helper cannot come. Who is the helper? Three of y'all. Now let's say again. Who is the helper? The Holy Spirit. Okay. So Jesus says it's expedient or it's for your advantage. Tonight I want to preach on the Holy Ghost advantage. Tonight, I want you to understand that when you leave this place, if you leave this place without the Holy Ghost advantage, it's on yourself, not on me. 
Because I'm about to set you up to change your world. Because God is giving, giving you the instructions on this Sunday night on how to take advantage of the places that you walk, talk, breathe, and live by the Helper, by the Holy Spirit. So he comes and he says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it's expedient or it's advantageous for you that I go away. For if I do not go away, the comforter or the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Now, when we think about Jesus and we think about him going, and let's pretend that you were one of the 12 disciples that he picked. And you've been walking with him for three and a half years and he's just totally wrecked who your old self was and totally built a whole new you. Come on. You, 2009 model. (laughs) Amen? Okay, maybe you want the 1974 model, but, you know, that has some dents in it. (laughs) The the wheels can't stay on on that one anymore. We, We need to come up to date. Come on, somebody. So Jesus is saying right here, that it's advantage for you because it's an advantage for you if I go away. Now, when I read that passage of scripture, when I first read it, I'm thinking to myself, "No, wait a minute, Jesus." Now, I don't think it's an advantage for these guys if you get out of here. But God has a secret. You want to know what it is? Hang on. Here is the here is the truth. Jesus Himself qualified to never have to die. Why do you say that, Brother Glenn? Because the Bible says in Hebrews 9.27, it's appointed unto man to die once, and then there is a judgment. According to Romans 6 and 26, the wages of sin is death. Because Jesus lived a sinful life, sinless life, and not sinful life, he qualified never to have to die. The soul that sins shall surely die, the Bible tells us. Amen? By those laws alone, because God operates by law. Isn't that right? We're operating under the law of grace. Amen? We're not operating under the law of sin and death any longer because of the sacrifice he paid. But just based upon the law, Jesus qualified to never have to die. It's exactly what Adam and Eve would have done if they had never taken the fruit. They could have still been alive today because the Bible says that in the day that you eat the fruit thereof, you shall surely die. And from that day forward, physically, they began to die and they died spiritually instantaneously. And finally, they died a death where they had to be buried into the ground. So according to the scriptures, according to the law of God, Jesus, the way that he lived his life with never sinning, he qualified to never have to die. Now, I think that's pretty cool because if we have any problems with atheists confusing them that Jesus is God and God is real, I'm thinking to myself, Jesus, you qualified to never have to die. We'd never have to get in an argument with him. I'd be like, whom there he is. <laughs> Jesus, right up in here, he's God. So there you go, atheists, stop lying. Hello? And what about this? Think about this. Jesus was a tremendous healer. Amen? And you could think about it today. We could have healing like nobody's business if Jesus was alive today on the earth. Because he already is alive. He's not here. If Jesus had never died, he'd still be here. And probably he'd have his, his, his headquarters, probably of his ministry in Jerusalem or somewhere in Israel. Because that's where he's from and that's God's chosen land. Amen? And so, come on, I'm getting to a point. Say, he's getting to a point. 
Now watch here. Now, if that's the case, then we know that if there's anybody in here tonight that has cancer, we can take up an offering and we can get them a plane ticket, Pastor Joe, and they can fly out tomorrow morning with me and I'll go home because I'm already healed, but they could go to see Jesus in Jerusalem. And when they get there, they would also be able to wait in line with everybody from Africa that got a ticket that had AIDS. And then they could also wait in line with everybody from Malaysia that had a problem with their ears. And then if there was anybody in here that had a question in their life on who they should marry or whether or not they should go to school or what school should they go to, we could take up another offering because Jesus would be there to answer any of their questions. Isn't that right? I mean, look at it. Imagine the tremendous possibilities that Jesus never died. We could just be healed. We could be, we could be have all, all, could have all of our answers. But see, the problem would be is that you would be waiting so long in line, and right when you got to the front of line after Jesus preached, he had been up all day, and he's st- st- standing there, and he tells his disciples, "Listen, I've got to go to bed because, man, at three o'clock I got to get back up and talk to my dad. Can you tell everybody to come back tomorrow, and I'll pray for him again?" And then you get dismissed, and you'd be having to find a hotel, and they might be booked up. And, well, you might get on Expedia and you find you one. And then all of a sudden, the next morning, you get in line and you find out, you know what, I'm first in line. But then Jesus decided to go to another city that day. Because God told him in the middle of the night he needed to go somewhere else. You see, Jesus was limited in his physical body. He was limited by the things that he could do with his physical body. He got tired. He had to eat. He had to drink. He had to sleep. He could only preach so long. He had, to, he had to spend time with God and then come back and give the words that God uh, spoke to him. And so he was limited. His availability was limited. But because he died, he sent the Holy Ghost who is able to be in all places at all times, any time of the day. If you have a pain in your body, if you have a thought in your mind, if you know the devil's not being nice to you, you can say, hey, Holy Ghost, help her. Come on. Hello? See, the Holy Ghost is so bad, y'all, that He's here with me right now. Because the Bible says that my body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Amen? When I gave my life to Jesus, He came into my heart, but He really came into my life. He came into my temple. He came into my body. And not only is He here, but there's somebody down at the bar, a backslidden drunk, on the bar stool, and all of a sudden a, two, a Channel 9 news report comes on and it shows Pastor Joe out there on the street corner preaching and suddenly the Holy Ghost tells him, you know what? You remember when you used to go to church? You remember when the devil didn't have a hold of your life? Yeah, and then the conviction of the Holy Ghost. He doesn't have to stand there and wait for Jesus to tap him on the shoulder and talk to him. And so... God says it's better, it's to your advantage that I go away because when I go away, I'll send the Holy Ghost. Someone say, send it on down. Say, send him on down. Hallelujah. So the Holy Ghost came on down and he gave us the advantage over what it would be like just to have Jesus in one place at one time. And so here we are today with the Holy Ghost. Amen. And so the Bible, again, tells us that our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, let me ask you a real serious question. How many of y'all would go to a church where there wasn't a preacher? Oh, raise your hand real high. Come on, let me see. Chirp, chirp. Not very many of y'all. 
Because that's why God has pastors, because they lead churches. Amen? Amen. The Bible said that your body is a temple or the sanctuary or the church of the Holy Ghost. Some of y'all ain't got no preacher going on on the inside of your church. Come on, somebody. Y'all are going to church without a preacher. That's why stuff ain't happening in your life. Or you've got one of these SMO, Sunday morning only, churches. When the Holy Ghost can only talk to you on Sunday morning only, ain't a lot going to change in your life. I don't know why y'all ain't trying to help me preach up in here. I really want, I really want to preach, amen? Well, maybe, maybe let, me just get into the, let me just get into what the advantage is, amen? When I tell you you have the God who created heaven and earth on the inside of you, what does that do to you? When I tell you the one that raised Lazarus and Jesus from the dead is not out there somewhere in the distance... But he is on the inside of you. When you start to believe the same spirit that dwelled in Christ dwells in you, it quickens your mortal body, and you are able to do the great and mighty things that God called you to do. If you are sitting down at your desk and there is a test that you are taking, and you begin to say, Lord, you that created the heaven and earth, understand these principles of calculus. And Lord, I have studied and I am praying right now that you will help me to understand these concepts. Guess what? The one that knows calculus, the one that knows what is going on. And you who go on your job and you're in a conflict with somebody across the counter because you work in customer service, all of a sudden you say, Holy Ghost, you know what this person needs. You know what they need to calm down. And I'm going I'm to calm down and hold my tongue and wait for you to tell me what to say to this person. Y'all don't want no advantage tonight. I'm, see, the coat is coming off now. Uh-oh. <laughs> Why Tyrone has just entered the building. Because I'm, I'm, I'm going to I'm have to get my preacher. I'm going to have to get my preacher out here. Help, help me, Holy Ghost. Help me, Holy Ghost. Help me, Holy Ghost. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen. When you look in the Bible, and when you go through that Bible, you're going to find men of God that were filled with the Holy Spirit, especially in the Old Testament. There was only a select few, prophet, priest, and king, got filled with the Holy Ghost. And there were men of God, and when they got filled with the Holy Ghost, they stood out amongst all the people. You look in Genesis 41 sometime, and you're going to find that there is a man in your kingdom, Pharaoh, and this man, inside of him is the Spirit of God. Well, how do you know? Well, he told me what? was going to happen to me when I dreamed. Get that man out of the prison and bring him to me. Is there, Pharaoh asked the question, is there such a man as this in whom the Spirit of God is in? This is a heathen serving false gods looking at a man pointing to him asking his, his wisest counselors, is there anybody else like this guy right here? Are they able to say to you on your job, is there anybody else around here like this guy? Is there any in your school, your principal, your teacher, is there anyone in there like her? I'm telling you, when the Holy Ghost advantages operate in your life, you're going to see a dynamic change. You're going to break through. Let me tell you something. The Holy Ghost advantage gives you favor. That when you sit down and fill out an application, you know by the Spirit of the living God, that job belongs to me. Because the favor, because the helper, because the advantage of the Holy Ghost is going with me. And when I sit down on that interview and I look at that person with that big old smile and the joy of Jesus is coming off of me, he's going to say, well, would you like to take my job? Let me 
me tell you something. History is filled with men and women who employed the Holy Ghost advantage. Let me tell you just about a few of them. Anybody ever heard about a cat by the name of Chris Columbus? Christopher Columbus. Anybody ever heard about that dude in 1942? No, I didn't know 1940. 1492. Okay. They're like, what did he get arrested for? In 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. That's how they used to remember what, what year it was that Christopher Columbus came over. But what you don't know is how the Holy Ghost advantage was operating in Christopher Columbus's life. See, he was studying the scriptures one day, and he got over to Isaiah 40 and 22, and he read. He said that the king, uh, the Lord of all the earth, sits encircled around the earth. And everybody in that day had two predominant philosophies. Number one, the earth was flat. Or number two, that the earth was being held up on the back of a big turtle. I checked with NASA. We didn't see any turtles when they went to outer space. But he was reading his Bible, and he's reading in Job, and he's reading in Isaiah, and something called the conviction of the Holy Ghost, something called the favor of God started to operate in his life. Do you know he was unqualified to sail a ship, much less be a captain? And he had something about this idea that this earth is round and I'm going to prove it. And so he goes to everybody that can finance his dream to prove the earth is round. And they tell him, no, you crazy, man. I'm about to waste my money on that. We got, we got camels that can bring it back from India. But guess what happens? One day, he is honored to stand before King Ferdinand and Queen Isabel of Spain. And when he entered a king's throne room, the favor and the advantage of the Holy Ghost came upon him. And he began to speak, and that queen could not turn her eyes off of him. And not because he was so good looking, because history records that he wasn't. But he, she was marveled. She was mesmerized by the way that he spoke and the way that he looked. She described that almost a glow was coming off of his face. And he stood there and he asked them for the money to get his trip financed. And you know what happened? Advantage of the Holy Ghost. He got his journey paid for. What am I telling you? When you stand before great and mighty people, when you stand before great men and women, when you stand in the power of God, when you stand with the presence of God in your life, when you know that you know that the advantage of the Holy Ghost is moving on your life, you can stand before them. There was a man by the name of Sir Isaac Newton who sought because every scientist of his day was erring and they were trying to prove the non-existence of God. He called his heart into check and he said, these jokers right here are trying to destroy God's truth. And he said, I'm going to make it my life's mission to prove through science the existence of God. He believed that God created man in his image and his likeness. And because he did that, he created them with the ability to understand everything was made by weight and calculation and by measure. And because of that, he began to pray and began to ask God, God, what are the mysteries of the universe? Do you know what? He was reading the Bible one day and he read about David and Goliath and he said, you know what? There's something that had to happen for that little boy to be able to throw that stone so hard and knock it out and, and knock it into the giant's head that it sunk down. Do you know what he began to work on? It's something called centripetal force. 
centripetal force, excuse me. Centrifugal force is this one. Centripetal is this one. And he calculated the amount of force it would take for that stone to fly out of David's sling and sink into the forehead. And it has become a principle that satellites are launched into, uh, into the heavens on today because of the Holy Ghost advantage. He wrote over four million words of Christian theology. He said, give me the thumb alone and I can prove to you the existence of God. He was determined and he said, I've got to teach and I've got to apply this and I cannot back up. Some of you are in fields where they're erring, they're going the wrong direction. And you've got to begin to employ the advantage of the Holy Ghost. There's a young lady that we're praying for. She goes to the University of Oklahoma. And she, through prayer and fasting, we've been praying and fasting with her, but she, through prayer and fasting and research, has discovered a fungus, oh, excuse me, She's discovered the cause of a fungus that has been destroying crops throughout our country for decades. And she's working on trying to uh, uh, send her thesis forth. Why? Because she's a woman with a Holy Ghost advantage. Not only, uh, not only uh, Sir Isaac Newton, who also uh, we, we get our laws of gravitation, but we have a man by the name of Charles Babbage. How many here have ever seen or used a computer? Raise your hand. Those of you that don't raise your hand, Pastor Joe and I will talk to you in the room after service. <laughs> We're going to give you a clue, Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> it's called 2009. Charles Babbage began to pray, and he began to ask God, I want to be able to, I want to be able to communicate your existence. I want to be able to communicate your reality. And he was a man who met with tragedy. His father, his wife, and his two children all died in the same year. And it was at that time he said, God, I trust you still. And do you know what? He came up with the diagrams and plans for the world's first computer. But guess what? The only one problem was they hadn't even engineered the materials possible to even make a computer yet. I'm talking about getting so far out in the future with the Holy Ghost that you can see things coming decades ahead of time. See, y'all are so limited in your scope because Satan keeps you right here targeted on his little bombs and missiles he's hitting you with. You know what? God sees you somewhere in the future looking much better than you look right now. God sees you somewhere in the future walking into a bank saying, you know what? I want you to finance my company because we're about to go global. We're about to go worldwide. We're about to be the next FedEx. We're about to be the next... Y'all ain't trying to help me preach. I don't know why y'all ain't trying. Listen, I want Tyrone to get it on. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you right now, the Holy Ghost advantage wants to operate in your life tonight. There's a woman by the name of Fuchsia Pickett. She was a woman of God. And two days, God took her in a journey in a vision. For two days, she watched the angels of God lay out, clear off, and level ground next to a river. And when they did that, they began to build and construct some kind of factory. And she began to uh, talk with God, and God began to show her piece by piece as this thing was being laid out by the angels. For two days, she was in prayer, and she never moved. And what happened was, at the end of those two days, and the final piece was laid on, God said, this is how it works. And the river flows through this thing, and all of a sudden, there were towns all around, and lights and electricity started going out to each of the towns. 
And God said to her, this is how the end days revival will be when my church finally gets in the river with me. When my church becomes one. She got up and she was going around the country. She even laid it out on uh, 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 charts. She was in Seattle, Washington. She stood up and she shared this vision of worldwide revival and that God, what God had done with her. When she stepped off the platform, she went to the back of the church. There were two men in black and white suits with hats on, took her by the arms, put her in a car, and drove her to the office. Put a light on. They said, we're FBI agents and we want to know who are you working for. Who are you working for? Are you with the Cubans? Are you with the Russians? Who are you working for? Because you are now going around our country and you're spreading the secrets for our top secret plan called the hydroelectric power plant. Except for they hadn't built one yet. Y'all ain't hearing me. I'm talking about God that... And man came to life. I'm talking about God that spoke, their light came. I'm talking about God, the creator, the understander of the mysteries of the universe. He ain't somewhere way down the road. Hey, God! Come on over here! We're going to wait a while for God to get up in here, you know, when he's done down there at the corner store. No, he's here, and he's not only here, he's here. Come on. And he knows you. He knows your weakness. He knows your strength. He knows the people that you run into. He knows that woman. He knows that man. He knows who you're facing. He knows who's fighting you. He knows what demons are in that person. He knows what is going on in your life. And you've got to employ the Holy Ghost advantage. And the Holy Ghost tells us that he will guide us into all truth. Let me go back to verse 12 real quick. Let me go to verse 12. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. There's no way I'm going to get through this passage. That I have many things to say to you. And someone say many things. Girl, say many things for me, please. Let me see your hand. God's blessing you tonight, isn't he? Stay, 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 stay where you are, okay? What I mean is stay in the seat, all right? Just, just let God deal with you tonight. Amen? There's many things God wants to say to you. Your life, your life is special to him. Okay? Don't be afraid. Okay? Don't be scared. This is God. He's just trying to get a hold of your life in a new way. Okay? I'm going to be praying for you. What is your name? Nadia. Father, come on. To Nadia right now. Father, in Jesus' name, I don't do this to embarrass Nadia, but Father, I sense the Holy Spirit on her since I stood at this place. Father God, she's in this front row for a purpose and a reason. And Father, I thank you for Nadia. I thank you for her gentle heart. I thank you for her special spirit. And Lord, I ask you to bless her with the advantage of the Holy Ghost. I don't know what you're facing, Nadia, but I wanted you to know that confidence is in you tonight. The Holy Spirit is doing this to give you confidence for whatever you're going to face, okay? And I want, you to st- I want you to stay engaged with God. Amen? Praise God. Okay, so we go to many things. Say many things. There are many things that I have to say to you, but you cannot bear them. Now, this is Jesus telling the disciples who he has discipled for the last three and a half years. I mean, they they slept on the ground next to each other. They ate out of the same pot. They bathed next to each other in the river. I mean, they were intimate. They knew each other, but he hadn't told them everything yet. Because there is a promise of revelation for your maturity. Hello? Hello? I have many things to say to you. Well, why don't you say them? Because you cannot bear them now. 
You hear that? Listen, that's helping somebody in here. You're wondering why you hadn't gotten an understanding yet on certain things in your life? I have many things to say to you. Why not? Why don't you just tell me then? Because you cannot bear them now. Let me tell you, John. Well, let me just forget about you can't bear them. John, you're going to get boiled in oil. John, you're going to get exiled, and uh, you're going to be on the island Patmos, and no one's going to want to be around you, and you're going to have to be out there for a long time. And But listen, it'll be all right. Don't worry about that. Now, John, you're only 17. Just chill out, man. It's all right. Don't cry, man. Come here. Come here. I'm just kidding. We'll go down to KFC, okay? You don't have to get boiled in oil. Now, Peter, as Pastor Joe was saying earlier, now, Peter, let me tell you something. Not only are you going to deny me three times, but then you ain't going to get the picture. And later on, you're going to get arrested for preaching, and we're going to put, they're going to put you in jail. And listen, literally hours before your execution, I'm going to have to send a couple of angels to knock you up and wake you up and get you to come out of the prison cell. But that ain't the end of it, because I hate to tell you this, but you know what? You're going to have to be crucified. Do you understand what I'm talking about here? If God starts dropping the load on you, you're going to freak out. Hello? No! I don't want that, Jesus. Not him. He got, no, he got bumps on the back of his head. Nuh-uh. But this is the man you're going to marry. I rebuke you! I have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Yes, you is going to marry an ugly man. But he's going to love Jesus. And he's going to have more anointing than you've ever seen in your life. And you're going to fall in love with him and say, I don't care what you look like. Come here, little bumpy. I love you. Give it up for bumpy in the house. Come on, glory. What am I doing to myself? I know this is on video too, man. I have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. There is a promise of revelation as you mature in God. Some of you are never going to get to hear those secrets about your life because you don't want to mature. But if you say, God, I don't care. I want to mature. You want this out of my life? Here you go. I don't need to have it back. Just take it. I'm going to mature because this is holding me back from maturing. Hello? Some of you, your mouths are holding you back from maturing. Because you keep saying the same thing you've been saying in the mirror about yourself for the last three years. You talk yourself down and then you come and you go through this life and you try to put a smile and put the makeup on or put, put, your, put your cologne on and you try to walk out and then you still feel the same way about yourself. But guess what? You're not going to mature until you get the confidence that God has in you. And you look in that mirror and you say, the devil is a liar. I'm telling you right now, I can be the person God called me to be. I don't have to bow to criticism. I don't have to bow to lack of confidence. I'm not confident in my ability anyway. I'm confident in his ability. He is able. He is well capable. He can do it. He can do it through me. There is a promise of revelation as you mature in the Lord. That ought to make you happy. That ought to make you want to sacrifice. That ought to make you want to empty your bank account. Lord, you said I, this money's got a hold of my soul. I don't want nothing to do with it. God, this car has got a hold of my soul. You're thinking about stereos and what you can put in your TV car. God's saying that ain't you ain't going to mature that way. That's okay. You can, you can stay where you're at. No revelation for you. Well, I want to get that big screen. Listen, that ain't a sin, but if God's telling you not to have it in your life, and that's what you're putting your money at, God might be saying, you can have a TV or you can have a church. Which one, which one you want? Deal or no deal? I just put that in there for Brother Juan. 
You can, you can have the healing gift anointing or you can have that iPod. Which one do you want? Hello. You can have, you can have anointing and you can prophesy and you can have word of knowledge or you can have that person. You can have a man that loves you and faithful to you and he'll never take his ring off his finger when he goes into a store or when he goes down onto the train or onto the bus. Or you can have that man that's been treating you like that all your whole life. Which one do you want? When you mature in God, he brings revelation. And when you mature in God, you go to a place where you have the capacity to walk in the revelation that he gives you. Because if he, don't, he, if he reveals those things to you now and you try to walk in them, it will crush you. It will beat you. It will take you to a place where you're not supposed to me- even meant to go at this point. Holy Ghost advantage. Someone say Holy Ghost advantage. Verse 13, however, when the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. Someone say spirit of truth. The spirit of truth. God's Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. He's come to convict the world of sin, righteousness, and of judgment. Amen? He's not going to lie to you. When you feel the Holy Spirit convicting you and telling you what you're doing is not right, you have a decision make a decision point to make at that at that place and time when he talks to you. Every one of us knows when that conscience is inside of you and God is dealing with your heart and you're saying no, I don't want to do that. I want to do what I want to do. You are not following the spirit of truth. Everybody say GPS. Now GPS, we have these GPSs in our cars or on our phones or wherever we have. We got we got uh, all the different ones: Tom Tom and Garmin and Magellan and we'll name another one out there. Huh? Por qué? No, qué? Qué? He'll tell you the truth. You know, some people mistake me for a Spanish person because, you know, I, I might be Spanish. Who knows? We'll find out when I get to heaven. But, you know, anyway, they mistake me for a Spanish person. And one time, and I come from Miami or Miami, whichever one you want to say. Okay, so I come from Miami. And one time, this dude came up to me in a store and he starts rambling off in all this Spanish. And I look at him and I said, Por qué? No, I said, Qué? And he said it all again and again. Then I looked back at him and I said, Por qué? And he went, <laughs> Which I, come, I, I didn't even know what it meant. One means what and the other one means why. <laughs> okay, I don't know why I told you that, but okay, we're going to keep going here. Say GPS. Say GPS. Okay, so guess what? When you have the Holy Ghost advantage, you got an internal GPS on the inside of you getting you to the place where you need to be. You just need to plug in the destination that God tells you. Come on, somebody. You got Brother Tom Tom. Come on, somebody. You got Sister Garmin. Hallelujah. She's in the church. Brother Tom Tom's in here trying to guide you in the right direction. That's why they keep telling you, baby girl, come on. Stop falling into that mess. Brother man, come on, man. You know, you know, you know, you know, you know you're supposed to be in church. You know you're supposed to be on that retreat. Brother Tom Tom and Sister Garmin are there to help you in your life. Pastor Magellan, he's there to guide you. He'll stand behind the pulpit. What he says is it gives you direction. Not only that, but you've got the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. He is on the inside of you, and he's talking to you. GPS stands for God Protection System. God Protection System. See, because God will guide you around into the truth and out of the danger. Hello? God will tell you, if you go over there, it is going to mess up your walk with me. I cannot do anything if you go over there. Grieve if you keep going that way. 
turn around. Recalculating route. Now going to hell. Recalculating. Now back on track. Ready to see Jesus. About to marry Bumpy. Uh-oh. We just going to park right here because I ain't marrying Bumpy. GPS. Say GPS. GPS. Not only is it God protection system, it is a God provision system. Someone say provision. Your GPS, your God provision system. God says, if you walk the way I tell you to go, I will bring you to the job you need to have to finance your house, finance your car, finance the things your family needs. Your God provision system says, I don't care how many bills are stacked on that table. You start applying the, applying the principles of tithing and offering. You start obeying me. You're going to see I'm going to guide you into all truth. Say GPS. Say GPS. You've got your God protection system, you've got your God provision system, and then you've got your God perfection system. Anybody want to be perfected? Be ye perfect as I am perfect, as the Bible tells us. Amen? It's time for us to quit saying, I, I, I can't be that great. I, I got, everybody going everybody to have some sin, you know, Pastor. They all have some sin up in their life. Everybody going to cheat on their wife. Come on now, Pastor. You won't believe some of the things I've heard people say it's okay to do. But when you got a GPS, when you got a Holy Ghost telling you, hello, you cannot go that way. Because if you go that way, I cannot perfect the will that I have. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. He is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above what you ask and think according to the power, according to the power, according to the power that works in you. The perfection power on the inside of you is trying to perfect you. He's saying, get in the fire. You're saying, I don't want to go in the fire. He says, if you get in the fire, you're going to come out like gold. Gold tried in the fire is the only fire that matters. Gold tried in the fire is the only fire that's going to last. Gold tried in the fire is the only one the angels are coming for. Come on, somebody. This, this morning, God was dealing with so many hearts on that breath. And so many people were, that were if you weren't here this morning, I'm sorry, it's okay. I'm going to just go to this point. And God was dealing with so many people, and, and there was one thing that was just beginning to just, just bless my heart. And as, as Pastor Joe and his wife were here, and I realized, you know what? And I know because I'm a man of God, and I've gone through some of the same things. But sometimes in the ministry, you honestly feel alone. Even though you have a crowd of people with you, you honestly feel alone. Let me tell you what makes you feel alone, is when you don't feel the prayers of the people that you love. So that's why I stopped everything before. I, I could have given the microphone a little bit earlier. I stopped everything to get everybody. And you know what that was? That was the spirit of truth trying to bring us into perfection as a church. Because if this church is going to ever see the churches and the people touched and changed like it wants to, if Salvador is ever going to become the man of God he's called to be, if these people that are here and they call themselves followers of God are going to go where God calls them to go, they've got to begin to obey the Lord. And obeying the Lord for this church is to perfect prayer. Prayer for your leadership. Prayer for the people that are over you. Disciples, if you're being discipled by somebody and you haven't fasted for them yet, it's time to start. You say, what is the fasting? Well, you're going to find out. Go to your, go, go to your mentor and they'll tell you. Amen? Go to, the, go to the leader above you and they'll tell you. It's time to start. This church starts fast. I know you guys just got off a of fast. Well, you going to talk about fast? We just fasted. I didn't eat grapes for three days. All I had was bananas, man. 
listen, I'm talking about getting with an attitude where you say, Lord, I'm going to fast not for myself and not what you can do for me. I'm going to fast for my leaders. Because, Lord, I know the devil is looking around the corner every time he can snatch and put a negative thought in their mind. The devil bites you and tells you that uh, Pastor Joe did it. I'm telling you. The devil does something in your life, makes you angry. You know, who, let me ask you a question. Who is it that the devil's going to try to attack worse? Who is it he wants to make you not like or make you think something's wrong with them? It's the pastors. It's the leaders. And what happens is that spirit of deception comes into a church, and I see this all the time, and I hate to say it, but the body of Christ had better really grow up. Because they don't pray for their leaders. They don't pray for the people that are over them. And then when they fall, they're the first ones to point. We're the only army in the earth that shoots its wounded. We are the only army in the earth. We're supposed to be the army of the Lord. We're shooting people who are getting shot down. Instead of going in there like, Woo, here it comes again. Stop getting robbed on the Jericho Road. Lord, help me, Jesus. Okay. Let's get to the real, man. Come on. Piano, piano, piano. Come on. Here comes the transition. Listen, listen, listen. Everybody, we're going to move into the Holy Ghost right now. I'm telling you right now, there are people in here that God's advantage of the Holy Ghost, God's advantage of the Holy Ghost today is going to come in your life in a new way. You're going to stand before People that you have never met before and you're going to have the right words to tell them, not based upon anything that you've done, not based upon your education, not based upon anything other than you're employing the advantage of the Holy Spirit. You go for a loan and they look at your bank account, they look at your credit history and they're saying, no way. They don't know that the one that owns a cattle on a thousand hills is dwelling on the inside of you. And he's saying, I want to use my daughter. I want to use my son. I want them to bring freedom to people. See, listen, if you're willing to obey God and the little things, he makes you ruler over much. That's the way the Bible works. I got saved in woods that were behind my house. I didn't have a church home. I didn't raise up in church. My, uh, my mama, uh, Trisha Ann, she bought me a, my first Bible. I wasn't living with them at the time. She bought me my first Bible. And I, when I left their house, I had that Bible. It was a, it's literally a cheetah skin covered Bible. African American woman. You can, you can understand what I'm talking about. Leopard prints. Uh, you know, Tyrone had him a cheetah skin Bible. CSV. That's all I had. I didn't have a church. I didn't know nobody. But I remember somebody I knew was just admitted into the hospital with kidney failure. And I said to myself, you know what? On Sunday morning, you're going to church, boy. I remember I got up. And as I put on, I didn't have, I had club clothes, okay? I put on my club clothes and I put on my shoes. And when I went out the door, it was starting to rain. I didn't have a car. My car had been towed. I, 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 I lost almost everything. I, had, I was on my last set of ramen noodles. You know what I'm talking about. 
And I walked through the same woods with it raining. And all of a sudden, when I got to the other side of those woods, I didn't even know where I was going to church. The sun came out and started beaming on me. And the clouds went away. And something told me that God's working for you. And I kept walking. I walked past three different churches. I went to another church that... Uh, a denomination that I, I that I had a little bit of familiarness with, but I went in, I went inside and I realized, you know what, that service is almost over. So I was discouraged, and I went down and I walked past one of the churches that had already gone past. Now I'm talking for miles, y'all. And I went over there and I said, I don't see no angels, and I don't see no birds, but something is telling me to go in that place. And it really wasn't something; it was someone. He, the spirit of truth, was guiding me into all truth. A little while later, as Glenn was growing in the Lord and I was coming to serve, I was there before the pastors were there. And I'd be out in the parking lot praying. Sometimes I couldn't make it because my job couldn't make it on time, but I would still come. As soon as I got off work, and I would come. And I remember, guys, when Cadillacs, people in Lincolns, were passing me by on the highway in the pouring rain. And I remember saying, I don't, I don't care about them. It's okay. All I'm here, Lord God, is to please you and praise you. And I kept walking. And there was a time when I was walking in the rain. And God said, boy, I'm about to bless you. And I said, I know you are. He said, shut up. You don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I remember going in the church, soaked to the core, lifting my hands and worshiping God. And just having the best just the best evening I've had in a long time with the Holy Ghost. And I thought that was what he was talking about. Two days later, a man came to me and he gave me the keys to a brand new car. And he said, you don't owe me a dime, just give Jesus your time. And I want to tell you, the first Sunday that I had that car, I had it packed full of people that had never been to church before. And that wasn't the only time. I used what I had to get what he wanted because the spirit of all truth was guiding me into all truth. What am I saying? It's like, you see this here. You see me holding this here. You hear this preaching. All this has come from a boy who didn't even know if he was even supposed to be alive because he thought it was a mistake because his mother didn't even want him in the hospital. Came out. It should have been an abortion for whatever reason. I don't know. I'm here. I'm here and I keep saying, God, what's in front of me, I don't care. But whatever you put in front of me and you tell me to go to, if it's a den of lions, I'll go in there, God. If it's a brood of vipers, I'll go in there, Lord. But Lord, you better protect me. And Lord, even if you don't, though you slay me, I will still trust you. Somebody in here, you need to hear that tonight. Though you feel like you've been cut wide open, though those people have attacked you, they've gossiped against you, they've attacked your family, you have got to trust God in the matter. And tonight, God wants to heal your heart. God wants to set you free and break you out of the parameters of a non-existent Holy Ghost in your life. He exists, and He doesn't only exist in the heavens. He exists on the inside of you, and He wants to exist in your mouth and in your hands and in your feet and in your thoughts and in what you hear and what you see and what you breathe in and what you smell and what you feel. And as you begin to play and worship before the Lord, He will take you and guide you into all truth. Tonight you're here and you believe what this crazy white man that thinks he's black is telling you that the Holy Ghost advantage is for your life.
that's you, I want you to stand on your feet and just begin to worship Him. 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 We're going to pray for the sick in just a second. We're going to pray for the sick. You just begin to pray. Don't worry about praying for anybody else. Just ask the Lord for yourself right now. Just ask the Lord for yourself right now. Say, Lord, am I doing something that you don't want me to be doing? I want to stop then. I want the advantage. Look and see. Look and see. Is God not for you tonight? Is He not able to split the Red Sea? Is He not able to heal you on the Jericho Road? Is He not able to do beyond what you can conceive in your own mind? Come on, everybody engage yourself. Forget about the kids. Forget about work tomorrow. Forget about it. Just get on it. The advantage of the Holy Ghost.